Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, we have Marge. That's right, Marge from Central Canada, host of Bite Me, the show about edibles, and good enough for Canada, that's what I'd like to say. <laughs> nice. <laughs> My motto as of late. <laughs> yes, we also have Monkey Do. What's up, Monkey? Oh, not much monkey down here in the southeast U.S. Marge, I appreciate the not the good enough for Canada. We were talking before the show. We won't say what exactly what it was about, but that was one of the last things we said before we came on the air was good enough for Canada. <laughs> so, yeah, you go. Good laugh on that one right there. But I hope everyone <laughs> today has something nice to smoke for the show and is ready for ready for some news. Yes, man. And there we go. No Bubble Huck this week. He's busy. He's gone gone traveling. He's doing his thing again. So we'll be back in a few weeks. But he assures us that he's safe and we don't need to go sending out search parties this time on his disappearance. Oh, so he's who, found a he's found a koala bear that's going to take him uh, take him in and show him the yeah. way this time, right? Okay. Shotgun he's wedding and everything, you know. <laughs> that's the way it goes. That, that, that's how he does <laughs> things, I think. You know. But we do have some news from Australia. Uh, you know, in honor of Bubble Huck. So we'll cover that when we get to the news section. Um, what are you smoking on, everybody? What we got, Marge? What you got this week? Are you smoking? Are you, are you consuming edibles? Drinking some cannabis drink? What's the score? No, I'm not uh, doing that. I got a little. Uh, I think it's Sunshine Pilgrim. I'm puffing on right now. I got to make some edibles, actually. I would have thought you had a big stack of Turkish delights infused with cannabis by now, Marge. Exactly. I do hope those ones that Rose Delight sent me, and they're lovely, but they're pretty low dose, and I'm trying to eat them like <laughs> oh, You know, you don't want to eat too many of them because they're fucking yeah. disgusting. They're you know? so good. <laughs> they're so good. They're delicious. Everyone should eat Turkish Delights every day, especially you, Mackie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um, lie, really. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Not yeah, even I sure love what Turkish soap. delight is. <laughs> it don't taste like soap. Well, the rose flavoring is is yeah, I get it, Mackie. Rose, mm. ugh, I don't know. Rose mm. and baked goods to me is not is not a thing. I just don't no. get it. And I think that is a good opportunity for a YouTube poll. <laughs> you mean about, uh, about Turkish delight? Somebody yeah, already Turkish delight, yay or nay. That's what we're gonna have. <laughs> Yeah, you do a poll. Do a poll. I think you'll find. Do a that poll right now. Start a poll. Here we go. Don't worry, everybody. We'll edit this out of the uh, main show there because we are professionals, you know. Turkish delight. <laughs> Yay! I would say the ones I got from Rose Delights also don't taste like nay. rose. So okay, well, you said Rose Delights. Immediately, I'm thinking like, oh my god, not that rose stuff. There we go. <laughs> Polly's up. What are we saying, everybody? What are we saying? Yay or nay? I'm not going to say 100% nay, 50% oh, yay. Okay, this is going to be going on for a while. Forth, back yep. and forth. Come on, people. Never had Turkish Delight. You got to try some good Turkish Delight. I'm not there is no good Turkish Delight. Anymore. There is lots of good Turkish Delight. <laughs> the delightful thing is no Turkish Delight, Mackie? Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn. But what are you smoking on, Monkey? What you got? I got some Nakatomi Plaza in, in the vape today, so I'm going to be taking yeah. it slow and easy because this one still kicks me pretty heavy. Are you smoking now? Are you back to smoke or are you just vaping? Vaping. But uh, hey, I, I, that, well, 
don't smoke that much anymore. I usually use monkey pipes back when I'm in my workshop and I don't have a vape handy, but mm. hey, if, I, if I'm at a desk or, or anywhere, I've got, I've got vape at almost everywhere I sit in the house these days. So, you know, might as well use nice. them. Yeah. And speaking of vapes, we've got, we got a desktop vape to be giving away at some point. Oh yeah. We got to figure out what we're going to do with that, huh? This is the thing. It's like we give away so much stuff over at Percy's Grow Room is it's getting difficult to figure out what competition to do to give said thing away. It's like, this didn't we a... just do that competition last time? Yeah. yeah, we did. Let's find something new to do here. But yeah, we got an, uh, an Ariser uh, Extreme Q vape to give away for November, and we, we just got to figure out what we're going to do with it. Maybe that should be the competition, you know. <laughs> Come up with a competition was... idea to give away this vape thing. <laughs> the best idea of the give it away gets the vape. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's right. So if you're not already a member of Percy's Grow Room, head over there because we'll be having a competition for that. Uh, yeah, very soon, okay. very soon. Arise has been very good to us, giving us these vapes and being our sponsor this year. And I have to say, there's some great products. I've been, I use one all the time. I use the XQ2 every time we podcast. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, what have I got today? I don't know. I'm smoking on some CBD stuff because, you know, I feel like shit. There's this thing going around. It's, it's in the UK, all over the place. Loads of people have had it. Just bad chest, you know, uh, stuffy nose. And it, we're not a very big country. So, these viruses get spread quickly around here. Well, it's UK, so we call it the yuck. Works with me. Works with me. <laughs> what you got? We'll, yuck. We'll call it the Brexit flu. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it happens you, to you be. You need a nice infused hot toddy. That's what you need. That sounds like a good plan. That does. Yeah. That would I help like you a bunch, believe me. Mm-hmm. Even when I had my light, my latest and, and, and super bad one, infused medications were way better than regular ones. Uh, Stonewall's like, you got the vid, Mackie. Nah, but maybe. I don't even know. I don't even care. You'll know? <laughs> get over it. That's all we know. Man, it's the third time I've been ill this year because I had the vid at the start of the year. When, uh, when what, oh, was, was that the vid? Yeah, it was. That was the vid, is it? I got, got the vid when we got back from Spanabis. I had it then, too. I had the vid. I had the yeah. vid back in Spanabis, and I just got over the flu. So I've, I've been down twice this year. Every time I travel, that's what it is. I think handling just just going back to I would say the basic protection of carrying of carrying hand sanitizer and putting on a mask for me at least I'm not going to tell everybody to do this but that's what I'm going to try next time and if it works I'll keep doing it if it doesn't oh well I tried the best thing you can do is just stay the fuck away from people it's hard to do in an airplane man that's really hard to do in an airplane just trying to cram them in like sardines <laughs> yeah, yes Damn, but, you know we're, we're famous podcasters now. You know, surely we can afford oh, right. to just hire the whole jet. Please do, Mac. should be Let's flying private. Oh, send gosh. the jet over to my place first, and, you know, and then we'll pick up Marge and fly over to your place. No problem. Oh, Let's do we it. Can, we could just borrow Rogan's, you know. Rogan, <laughs> lend, lend us your jet. You know what we should yeah. do with all our podcasting money is we should go together and have like a high and homegrown bite me private jet. Ooh, all podcasting nice. money <laughs> all, <laughs> that, all that all that podcasting <laughs> money <laughs> you know we've got to start speaking in proper english accents and everything because we're posh now that's right, posh. That's right. That's what's right. a proper british accent for a canadian uh what's a proper british accent for a canadian <laughs> well you're still gonna talk a proper proper accents i'm just english accents i'm just curious but it's like within the last 50 years, the English accent is going to be, would you like a spot of tea, governor, to, <laughs> you know, get got a bottle of water, fam? You know, <laughs> a bottle of water. You know the extremes right. are massive. It's ridiculous. 
So I like to think I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's uh, what we're doing now. I think that's everything, right? We've we've discussed what we're smoking. We've briefly ran over what we're going to do in the news and in the grow guides. Uh, and yeah, we've got some good news to cover and some good forum news as well. We can tell you one of the forum newsies now, just because just because we can. But tomorrow on the 13th of November, Percy's Grow Room, the Cannabis Growers Forum, will become five years old. Doesn't sound like a very old forum, but man, we have grown in five It doesn't years. sound old, does it? It's just like five years, is that it? <laughs> is that it? Dude, really, yeah, five years old, man. Mm-mm. That place has changed. I mean, I remember I joined within the first year that it was it was around. It has changed massively since I've been around. Yeah. Constantly evolving. And we'll just finish this part here before we move on to the news. Oh, okay. disappointing results. You I see would, that, I Marge? Would the question, how many people <laughs> have actually tried the Turkish Delight or, mm. you know, but they're voting no because they just have heard on the street that it's not that good. No, it's my bad influence telling them because it right. sounds very convincing when I'm like, fucking no, don't eat that shit, Marge. Right. You know? So you're kind of manipulating the results. Very Maybe true. Tainted, Paul. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You cheated. We should run it again blind. Just put a poll up with no question, just two answers and be like, choose, you know? Just yay or nay. Would you eat a Turkish delight? Might say, do you love them or do you hate them? Mm-hmm. Yay or nay. Mm-hmm. We don't should know. have had the third option for like, hmm, I'll tolerate it. You know? Yeah. That would have been never, all right. Never had it before. Would try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? That's the question we really that. needed. <laughs> So with that then, everybody, it's time to like your joints, eat the edibles you're going to eat, unless it's Turkish delight, because 64% <laughs> of people don't like them. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> You never I tried it, Monkey. It would... You never tried Turkish delight. Well, I mean, from what you guys are saying, it's some kind of a marshmallow center with a chocolate shell. No, it's more like a jello or... center. Jello, a jelly center? Yeah, I've you, never like flowered flavored jello. <laughs> flower flavored jelly center dipped in or, chocolate Ugh. dipped in chocolate i've never Ugh. had it dipped in chocolate oh really you just have it no. the pink stuff i've never i didn't i don't think turkish delight is typically dipped in chocolate that's oh no that's I that's really exactly don't like it because you're like what's with this chocolate bullshit are you probably using yeah the like <laughs> <laughs> stuff you get at like easter all the chocolate tastes like wax. okay okay maybe that's what it is you know because yeah. that's what bothers me the most is the clash between the chocolate and the rose flavor but if it just had yeah. the rose flavor on its own maybe, maybe that's what it is well and i think it was sparky in the chat he said earlier and i have to Jeez. agree with him of course that bad turkish delight or cheap turkish delight is like horrible but good quality turkish delight is amazing uh. Well, it's, it, it seems as if there's loads of different ways it's done too. As I was sparking, like dipped in chocolate, not Turkish delight. Maybe exactly. we need to have another poll. Like I Turkish delight so. dipped in chocolate, yay I, or nay? I think so. <laughs> We're changing hearts and minds here right now in action. <laughs> We're doing the Lord's work. That's right. Well, but you know, basically showed I definitely <laughs> never had one before because I assumed it had chocolate on it. So I was completely wrong. Hmm. Or maybe right it wasn't wrong. Becky, you thought it had chocolate too. You've eaten chocolate once. We're going to have to like open up a side channel of Mackie Eats, you know, and we try all of these fucking crazy things, man. You know, the insect ass, the, the crawfish, eat some anchovetti or whatever it's called, you know. Yes. There's Marmite, Vegemite, <laughs> Turkish yes. Delight, you know, like lots of different things like that. I think it's a, it'll be a good channel, I think. 
you know, get get some of them spicy chips in and do the one chip challenge and all that shit, you know. But anyway, <laughs> we are going off on tangents here, everybody. Let's go to the cannabis news and events. Let's do it before we talk about more munches. We've got some, uh, I mean, there's one news article which is really short, which I feel like we should get to first. And you all wanted Mackie rants, man. You've been, uh, <laughs> you've been starved of the Mackie rants. And I can tell you. Oh, no, 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 no. We there's, a, there's a couple of them that got me fucking wound up. Oh, God. Yeah, there's going to be Mackie rants most likely today. I'm going to try not to because I'm not feeling too good. So I'm going to try and be calm. And uh, let's go with, um, I'm going to do this one first. I'm gonna, let's just fucking get it over with. This is what I'm saying. So as many of you are aware, the UK legalized cannabis for medical use back in 2018, but you have to pay a government bribe. Not wrong wording. You shouldn't use that bribe, but you have to pay a fee to a pharmaceutical company in order to get access to the cannabis to be a legal user of it. And if you pay this fee, you won't get prosecuted but the person who doesn't pay the fee will get prosecuted or so they made you think because the police still don't know fuck all here in the UK. They're just out there trying to stop people from going 25 mile an hour in, you know, in a 20 <laughs> in mile Wales. an hour zone in Wales. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, heartfelt condolences to you all in Wales who have to travel at 20 mile an hour. That's shit. But uh, so the title of this article, and this is from the guardian, it says they put handcuffs on me. UK users of medical cannabis tell of raids and arrests. That's right, everybody. Raids and arrests. Legal users of a legal substance that they have paid the government bribe to be in legal possession of said substance, and they're still being prosecuted because the police don't know what the fuck is going on because there is no communication between the government and the police, apparently. Uh, prescribed use has been legal in the UK since 2018, but many police officers appear to be uninformed. Let's uh, scroll crazy. down. Sorry, Mikey. I said crazy stuff, man. Mm-hmm. It is madness, man. Uh, on a pleasant August evening on the seafront in Plymouth, feel like going into a story here. Sal Aziz, a 24-year-old NHS administrator, was relaxing with his sister and discussing what to do for her birthday. Aziz who is legally prescribed medical cannabis for anxiety and depression, inhaled some of his medicine from a vaporizer. About 10 minutes later, two police officers arrived and said they could smell cannabis. One of the most grotesque crimes you can commit (laughs) in this country, everybody. Wait a minute. He was vaping Mm. cannabis and they could smell cannabis from that far away. That must be one hell of a good uh, bunch of cannabis he was vaping. Mm -hmm. You smoke some good shit. But probably not because it's legally bought. Allegedly, it might not be. But uh, it says here, I explained that I have a prescription for medical cannabis and showed the officer my medication, recalls Aziz. As soon as they opened the pot, they said that my medication is not legal. They then persisted to beat me consistently over the head with their batons. It doesn't really say that. I'm I'm exaggerating. Sorry, everybody. Uh, He was handcuffed and his sister was detained. Wow. Aziz said he panicked and retreated in fear before being pinned to the ground by an officer. He was then locked in a police cell for six hours after his release. He lodged a formal complaint. Good on you, Aziz. Good. Do that. Formal Mm. complaint, man. (laughs) Charge these people with brutality. Yeah. Something needs to be done. Fucking ridiculous. He's a legal user. 
and he's vaping it as well, which is what they request that you do. Yep. So he's jumping through all the necessary hoops for he has to jump through so he can sit on the beach and enjoy a little bit of a fucking high. But the police come over and be like, oh, you're not allowed to do that because we fucking said so. And really, it's like, why haven't they had meetings in the police station? When it became legal in November 2018 and people were able to get it on prescription, why was there not a countrywide meeting in all of the police stations across all the jurisdictions to tell them people can now legally use cannabis as medicine? If you're going to arrest somebody, check to see if they're a legal user first. You know, and why isn't there a system set up so they can do a search and just simply check somebody's ID, date of birth, Put it in the in the registry and be like, oh yeah, he is or she legal user. Let them go. Why is that not in place yet? When it's five years later and so much money being pumped into the system, it's a farce, man. It's disgusting that people are still being treated like this. Never mind if they're legal users or not. It's just fucking cannabis. But anyway, uh, Aziz is not the only medical cannabis patient to have been arrested since it was legalized in the UK. Thousands now have private prescriptions for cannabis flower and are permitted to vaporize it in public. But among many police officers, there is a lack of understanding about who can access it and when it can be consumed. 24 medical cannabis users responded to the Guardian call out saying they had been approached by police who did not accept their explanations for consuming cannabis in public. Now, I haven't heard about The Guardian calling out anything to anybody, right? So there's going to be a shitload of people across this country also who heard nothing about this Guardian call out, but they still had 24 medical cannabis patients come forward. And there would have been people who heard about it who are medical cannabis patients, but don't want to get involved in it. And then there's going to be how many thousands of people who heard nothing about it at all. So, you know, it's just a small amount of who this has actually happened to. You know what I mean? This has happened to many more people than just 24 medical cannabis users who responded to the Guardian's call out. Mm-hmm. Uh, whilst some said they found the police to be understanding, others said they had their cannabis confiscated. Some were arrested with a few being taken to court. Wow. Guy Coxell, who has been on our show in the past, a legal advocate said a dozen people had been taken to court over the past five years and housing associations had threatened to evict people for consuming cannabis indoors with police arriving at homes to issue antisocial behavior orders. In Aziz's case, he later told a police liaison's officer over email that medical cannabis flower was legal through private clinics. The response revealed a lack of police knowledge and the law ch- of the law change. Can you direct me to the legislation in relation to the cannabis being legal to purchase from private clinics? All I can find at the moment is in relation to NHS prescribing. So the, this is the police officer asking him, can you show me the law, please? That's not the way it's supposed to go. You, you know what I mean? It's uh, it, you're supposed to tell us what the fucking laws are. We're not supposed to be like, oh, officer, well, if you go and read statute number fucking 53 on line 18 or whatever legalese language they like to use, you know, it, how have we devolved to this state of madness here in the UK where even though people have gone out of their way and paid their money to make sure that they consume cannabis, I say with uh, a little bit of anxiety because you're still going to feel a little bit of anxiety, even though it is legal, allegedly illegal for you to consume that. Now you're still going to have that feeling of anxiety, especially when you see police officers, because it's a form of PTSD that the majority of cannabis users have been stuck with. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, when I go to a legal, legal state, I still have a little bit of a, 
of a catch if I'm walking out of a dispensary and there's a police officer standing there or walking by or driving by or parked anywhere. Just a second, I have to catch myself and say, okay, this is mm-hmm. fine here. Mm-hmm. It says mm-hmm. here, the officer later admitted that police had been ill-equipped to deal with patients lawfully in the possession of cannabis. This is no fucking excuse. No. You, you, who the fuck? Are you? We don't fucking care. You wouldn't care. You know, if I'm doing, let's just go back for speeding, for an example. If I'm driving 50 and a 30 and get pulled over for speeding, and I'm like, oh, sorry, officer. I didn't realize it was a 30. I thought it was a 50. Oh, that's okay then. No problem. Carry on. Just because you're ill-equipped to deal with it and you're ignorant of what the laws are, it doesn't mean that you're right in what you're doing. You're still fucking with people when you shouldn't be. And yeah. ill-equipped, ill-equipped of what? Like I said, it's going to take an hour conversation at the maximum. One day you get all of the police officers to have a meeting and you just explain to them, this is what's going on with cannabis now. It's ill-equipped. You don't need fucking overhead projector. Uh, <laughs> you, what, what do you mean by ill-equipped? You can't have a meeting. You can't drop it into fucking meeting notes that they must have every few months or something just to keep people updated, surely. It just seems like a load of ignorant motherfuckers not checking up on the laws. It seems like the, a, a shitty government, which, you know, the government is not shit. They are there to look after us, keep us safe. Thank you, government, for looking after us, keeping us safe, spending our tax monies wisely. We appreciate you. <laughs> you feel safer now? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, government. Thank you, government. You know, uh, th- this episode is is uh, is dedicated to the government. Thank you, government. <laughs> It's just an absolute piss take, man. And I'm sick of this shit. You know, the government should have tried harder to make sure that all of the police officers know what's going on. So there's people who's not just sitting innocently on a bench trying to just consume some medical cannabis. They shouldn't be persecuted, man. The police should know what the fuck they're doing. And the fact that this shit is still going on is shameful. It's absolutely fucking disgusting. And at the same time, when these motherfuckers are out there getting people smoking a little bit of fucking ganja in a vape, there's kids being killed on the streets every day, just stabbed every day here in the UK. Numerous children, mm-hmm. you know, people under the age of 18 just being killed. There was a funeral over the weekend of a girl who was 15 years old and she was stabbed in broad daylight on her way to school in London, killed. But, you know, yep. you worry about that guy smoking that cannabis now, officer. Thank you for keeping us all safe. It's a fucking piss take, man. And anybody who is a police officer really needs to be questioning what the fuck they are doing with their lives at this point, man. You need to be standing up for the people of this country who have jumped through all the hoops that they're supposed to be jumping through to get their legal cannabis and not just fucking prosecuting people because you don't like the smell of it or whatever stigma you have against cannabis. It fucking frustrates me, man. It's, It's just terrible that we're still living under this fucking stigma after this long. Five years since legislation now five years you can understand a few months you know i mean a few months were transition period some police officers still confused five years it's disgusting man and they need to get a grip so that's one article it does uh carry on you can find it over at the guardian you'll just look for uh they put handcuffs on me but this does go on for a while and i was just fucking rant for ages about this because it's it frustrates me a lot you know it should when people have jumped through all the nest, even if they haven't jumped through the hoops, they shouldn't be treated in this way. But no. people have jumped through the hoops and are still getting treated like this. It's a joke. In general, cannabis smokers are not violent people. Somebody who has smoked a little bit of cannabis is usually pretty chilled out. And is not going to put up a huge fight unless they feel like they're going to be harmed or wronged. And if they would just deal with this a little bit more mm-hmm. gently, 
they'd probably get a lot more done. But seems like they almost want to beat on, on cannabis users. Yeah. Don't get me started and, with that shit. And it's something I bought up before as well. It, you know, it's like, even though it is legalized, there is still stigma. And I've said many times before, if they're like, okay, you can grow your own now, but we need to put you on a register. I still wouldn't play that silly game because they could just change their mind can we kick yeah. the door off anyway? Like, well, we don't think that it's right for you to be growing now. They've got a whole list of everybody who needs to go kick the fucking doors off, you know. Right. But even that, maybe people just won't know about it. So you're still getting your door kicked off and your property damaged, possibly getting arrested while they search everything, and you're doing something that's completely fucking legal. But that doesn't stop your kids from being traumatized from having the door kicked off at seven o'clock in the morning, does it? You know what I mean? You don't make all your neighbors think, oh, he's a good guy when they see you being dragged off in a fucking police car and seeing cannabis being pulled out your fucking <laughs> house. You know what I mean? It, it's it's a farce, man. It's a farce. Well, you, your it. neighbors may think you're a bad person if they see the cannabis being pulled out your house because they've been told that cannabis is mm. evil, but it's mm-hmm. not. That's that's mm-hmm. the whole thing right there. It's like, yeah, you've probably been growing the cannabis for a while and you've been minding your own business and haven't bothered anybody. So yeah, your neighbors, if you're doing it right, your neighbors would be completely surprised mm-hmm. if you're doing it right. Yeah, Chilbert says here, the prescription is a double-edged sword, in my opinion. It's a way to fight stigma where you have to pay against personal beliefs. It, yeah, it's... It, so, And this is... Some people really need it for their medicine. Like, they legitimately need it. And this is a way for them to reduce the risk of them being prosecuted for consuming their medicine. You know, it's a step in the right direction, but I agree. It, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You, people shouldn't have to pay for the chance of not being arrested because of the possession of a harmless fucking herb. You know, it's the, it's the Festival of Light today in the UK. I think it's today, maybe over the weekend. So there's lots of fireworks going off. Right? Last week we had November 5th, you know, Guy Fawkes Night. Lots of fireworks going off. And... There's bits of fireworks just exploded all over the fucking place. Some lands on your car. You know, it's loud and freaks everybody's fucking dogs out. They're dangerous, but you're allowed to do this shit. You're allowed to. Here's some gunpowder. Carry on. But don't you have that fucking harmless herb now? Yeah, when you put it like that. Here you have have this gunpowder. Go for it. You know what I mean? It could possibly blow your hand off, but we trust you to be an adult and be safe with it. So, okay, can can I smoke a joint? Oh, no, it's not safe. You can't have it. Can't it? It's like, but, but that's my choice as an adult. I'm allowed to take these risks, right? Because I'm an adult. So, oh, no, you can't do that unless it's fireworks. So, like, come on, man. Come <laughs> on. But yes. Or alcohol. You can take the chance with alcohol, too. Come on. Don't yeah, you yeah. Do that. You know, yeah. You, you can't have any cannabis at all, but here's two liters of vodka. Don't drink it before the end of the day now, you know? Yeah. Ah. There's two liters of vodka and a half a pound of gunpowder. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You know, exactly. that I sums up on. the UK perfectly. That does. <laughs> you know? This is nuts. <laughs> Fucked. But yes, I could rant for ages about this topic. Just anybody out there in the UK who is a, a legal user and you've jumped through all the hoops you need to jump through, just still be careful out there, man, because you just don't want your day being fucked up. You don't want this kind of pressure on you, you know? It's a it's trauma that you don't want to be dealing with. You just can't trust the old bill. You can't trust them. You know, especially if you're growing at home as well. You don't want to be caught with cannabis, man. Even if you have a prescription, they can still take it off you. They could still go kick your door off and search your fucking house and find your grow, even though you've jumped through the hoops that you need to jump through. So just be careful out there. Hey, man, is what yeah, I would and say. Don't, 
and don't even forget they'll even publish your name address phone number and everything else if they catch you with it too so that's stupid over there i can't believe they do that mm -hmm. yeah that's that's crazy they're doxing people basically exactly mm -hmm. outing them for, for like you, you haven't even had a trial yet we don't even know if you're you're guilty but by the right. by the way this is them nah <sighs> can't spell fucked without uk what are you saying Mark? what's going up in canada you got this uh this is it a good story is it a bad story i don't know it depends on which position you're in <laughs> well i guess we'll find out uh, this one comes from the cbc uh the razzle dazzle days of canada's cannabis industry are over as pot industry faces a downturn dun 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 so, <laughs> um this is sort of like a review of legalization now that it was i mean legalization uh, I think it was October 17th, so we've hit the five-year mark. And the article starts, when Abby Roach thinks about the 20 years she spent fighting for Canada to legalize cannabis, she says pot legislation is like a clenched fist. The analogy, which Roach first heard from a formal Toronto councillor, represents the tight grip on the cannabis market that legislatures held for centuries. It meant Roach had to exploit a gray area of the law to run her popular cannabis consumption space Hotbox, which opened in 2000, and its customers were accustomed to looking over their shoulders for cops before walking through the door. Roach has been a stalwart in Canada's cannabis industry for a long time as a longtime advocate for legalization and queen of an empire that eventually spanned 15 different businesses, including a magazine, a tour company, and lines of pot accessories and apparel. While regulations and attitudes have loosened since Canada legalized recreational cannabis five years ago, Roach says policy constraints and industry response means that there's still a ton of room to go before the industry reaches a general acceptance. It's the closed fist that slowly opens as we prove ourselves to society as being just a normal part of everyday life, she says, as the fifth anniversary of cannabis legalization approaches on the 17th. Speaking of stigma, as you just mentioned a second ago, uh, the world isn't exploding. The chickens aren't going to fall from the sky if people are consuming cannabis. Five years into it, you're really seeing that cannabis is an industry is as an industry that is viable. The signs that are viable, the signs of that viability are everywhere. Cannabis shops dot some of the most coveted strips in Canadian real estate. Alberta and Ontario-based giants have expanded their medical pot businesses into Europe. The medical or the domestic recreational market is valued in the billions. Cannabis legalization has, has had wide-reaching effects and made its use more accessible and acceptable. Yet the razzle-dazzle days where the money where money was no object and sky-high demand was expected yeah, are gone. And the razzle dazzle days is like who wrote this the 1950s? What the fuck? The razzle dazzle days. <laughs> razzle, I know I can just imagine the jazz fingers, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, spirit Joe fingers. Biden's, Joe Biden's <laughs> publicist wrote that. Yeah, you know, no more malarkey. But as no far malarkey, as... yeah, God. <laughs> <laughs> what's all this razzle dazzle malarkey? Exactly. The razzle-dazzle days are gone, replaced by a sobering reality. Legalization has fallen well short of expectations. The biggest companies, Canopy, Canopy Growth Corp., Aurora Cannabis, and Tilray Brands, Inc. have shrunk their footprint, laid off thousands, and grappled with balance sheets that reflect a turbulent market and a longer march to profitability than, than many once imagined. Others weren't so lucky. They sold their businesses at bargain prices to a bigger rival, folded or declared bankruptcy, and Roach worries that the carnage isn't over. 
unless there's real regulatory reform in all of the main pain points of the industry are going to continue to see companies go bankrupt and a lot of consolidation in the market, she predicts. It's becoming much harder and harder, not only to raise capital to get out of trouble, but also to sell your company. I know people that were trying to sell their cannabis stores, nobody wanted it. Many cannabis businesses were doomed from the start. They spent fast and furiously in anticipation of legalization, scrambled to produce the right amount of pot. First, there was not enough, then too much, and discovered catering to consumers wasn't easy. Canadians wanted more potent products in pack and in packaging that wasn't dull. Others couldn't shake the relationship with longtime dispensaries and dealers who could supply pot at a fraction of the price of the legal market. Cannabis companies wanted governments and police to go after, after illicit sellers more aggressively, but felt authorities never put their full might behind the cause. So pot producers took an, if you can't beat them, join them approach. And the only way to convince an illicit market consumer to migrate into the regulated market is to have a comparably priced product, said Viz, uh, Vivian Azar, a managing director and senior research analyst at TD Cowan, who specializes in the cannabis sector. Hexocorp paved the way, she said, when it launched its 28-gram packages of original stash-dried cannabis flower in 2019. Hexo was later acquired by Tilray in April. It sold for 140 bucks Canadian, or roughly $5 per gram in Ontario, and slightly less in Quebec. Then Chief Executive Sebastian St. Louis marketed it as disrupting the black market. Everyone else followed. So you saw this massive price deflation in the legal cannabis market. In November 2021, a report and uh, from Deloitte Canada and cannabis research firms HiFire and BDSA said the average price for dried cannabis was $750, down from $1178 per gram at the start of 2019. By last month, most of the dried flower products selling in the Ontario cannabis store were priced around three fifty per gram, nice. with a few selling for around five or six dollars per gram. With that price deflation, you could kiss profit aspirations goodbye. The excise tax of the federal government and provinces charged to the licensed producers only made matters worse. For dried and fresh cannabis plants and seeds, the taxes amounted to amount to the higher of one dollar per gram or a ten percent. Uh, a 10% per gram fee. For edibles, extracts, and topicals, the duty is set at one, one cent per milligram of tetra uh, THC cannabis, at can one milligram of THC in the product. While these rates were palatable at the time of legalization, when people predicted cannabis would sell for $10 per gram and taxes would thus be low, pot companies are now almost universally railing against, the, against these rates. A May... 2022 analysis uh, found a package of 28 grams of flour selling for HST for $124.78 would carry an excise duties of $29 or 23% of the purchase price. Roach realized the tax is absolutely unrealistic after she sold her beloved hot box to the friendly stranger pot firm in 2020. It later turned the business over to Fire and Flower Holdings Corp, which has since filed for creditor protection. Wow. Following a stint at the... Smart move. Yeah. Following a stint at the Ontario Cannabis Store, Roach became head of product marketing at St. Thomas, Ontario, the business Mara Cannabis Corp, where staff recently calculated manufacturing costs for 14-gram flour product were $15, but taxes amounted to $16.50. Many of those... Uh, oh, many of fuck! Those... <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked! That's, so $15, but the tax was $16.50, so the tax was right. more than the product itself. 
And many Jesus, of those are going I thought the UK eight. was bad. Fuck. Right. Um, what is it saying? Roughly 200 million in excise taxes are outstanding from the cannabis sector. A CRA agency spokesperson said in an email, until the regulations are reformed, Roach maintains there's going to be a lot of uh, a continued mess in the industry while the illicit market maintains its strength. We've been through a lot. I did 20 years of fighting for legalization, but I always say I didn't fight for legalization to purchase cannabis in the unregulated market. My mm-hmm. dream, maybe not in the next five years, but the next decade, is that if is that we can continue to move people from the unregulated market into the legal market to a point where the legal market is the only market. Cannabis producers want the same thing. The morning of legalization five years ago, a share of Canopy traded for about $68 and Aurora opened up at $195. Their average stock prices over the last three months have been as low as $1. As they watched valuations dwindle, companies argued that widespread presence of unlicensed dispensaries and other underground cells was still a problem. To this day, Health Canada estimates they have a hold over, or that they hold over 40% of the market. They say crypto's bad. God damn. (laughs) I know. The illicit market is why the legal industry isn't as healthy as everyone would like to see it. It's probably the biggest challenge. Uh, it's probably the single biggest challenge because if the illicit market would have gone away, as people predicted, you wouldn't have seen the dramatic shutdown of facilities and layoff of employees. Those sales would have been available for the legal players. Thousands of cannabis workers have received pink slips over the last five years, and many of the greenhouses and offices where they worked are in the hands of new owners. Canopy has sold seven properties, including the iconic Smith Falls, Ontario factory. It bought from the chocolate giant Hershey's since April alone. It's been a volatile five years for sure, saying up until nine months ago, Canopy was still hoping to get more of the overall market growth out of the industry. Since then, Canopy realized the concept that you needed to be everywhere and you needed to be everything for everyone was flawed. It sold its Tokyo Smoke retail business to the owners of the Edmonton Oilers hockey team, rethought how many of its facilities it needed and took a more realistic approach to the possibility of the U.S. legalizing cannabis on a national level. Development pot executives have long sold to investors as their ticket to profitability, but has yet to happen. We have decided the right size is the size we are today, so we don't have to rely on incremental growth. Let's make sure that the business can be profitable And then once we build that really solid foundation, which we now have, then we can look at opportunities to grow. The end. So the razzle-dazzle days. This is, is, sorry, monkey. I said to love the way they they blame all their problems on the illicit market. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's like, it's it's all the illicit market's problems right here. But the Mm -hmm. reason the illicit market is still thriving is, I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. It's costing them 50% of the cost of producing cannabis is taxed that the illicit market doesn't have to pay. And that's the reason right. that it, it, it exists. I mean, yeah. they're, they're physically, the government is physically putting barriers in place for the legal market to compete. And that's just not yeah, going to work. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The OCS itself also acts as a middleman between the licensed producers and the retailers as well. And they take, I think, I think I did another article for the show that was like a 30% cut, the 20 or 30%. So when the, when the LPs sell to the OCS and the LC, you know, OCS sells back to the retailers, you know, they're taking a pretty big chunk of change mm-hmm. as well. And for anyone to think that there is ever going to be a time when the illicit market goes away completely, I think that's going to be oversimplified right there. You know, right. I mean, 
alcohol production in the United States is for the most part on the legal side, but you can still get moonshine and homebrew out there. It exists, it's out there, but it's not widespread and it's not really hurting the legal market, but you're never going to completely get rid of an illicit market. So thinking right. they're going to do it, I think they just, they're fooling themselves. But like you said, I mean, for the most part, when you think about buying alcohol, you're not, you're not usually going to your guy down the street. You're just going to no. the liquor store or wherever you buy your, mm -hmm. your, your place to buy alcohol. And that's sort of maybe the direction it should go with cannabis too. But a lot of the companies that they're quoting in this article are also gigantic companies. And mm -hmm. I think of the big mass market weed, and you also have to have a market that supports the smaller craft growers as well. Otherwise, people will just keep going to the illicit market too, because mm -hmm. they want something want something better than the Bud Light of weed. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Anheuser-Busch is everywhere. It's worldwide. But sometimes right. I just want a little bit something better than just, you know, corporate beer. I'd rather have something that somebody took the time to make really good. Right. Yeah. Same thing I just feel... I just feel like this article is gaslighting a lot. Like, this is all your fault, illicit market. This is all you it's your fault, people are still buying from drug dealers in back alleys. And it's just like stop pointing fingers at everybody else and take a fucking look at yourselves and the 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 legislation and regulation that's been passed and try and understand why people are still going to the illicit market. You know, it's like these are supposed to be. Our governments, you know, these organizations are supposed to know better and do what's best for us, but then they just gaslight us in this way. It's fucking ridiculous, man. So, I mean, you know, they do make the point at the beginning, like at the beginning that, you know, weed was selling for like 10 bucks a gram and they were taxing it accordingly. But now that it's 350 a gram, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but... The and the reason why as well, the reason why we used to pay £10 a gram or $10 a gram, whichever, it seems to be something like that everywhere, is because there was a shitload of risk involved. But if somebody right. can just have a huge greenhouse and grow a couple of hundred thousand plants, we don't expect to pay these prices anymore. No. Nope. You know, nope. we paid that price because a guy had to drive in his car with the shit, had to go from uh, in a ship to be shipped over then in a car to be moved. You know, there's all these different people who took a shitload of risk and potentially could have had 20 years in prison to be like, I ain't doing that for a fiver. That that risk was a big part of why the fucking cost was there in the first place. Now that risk isn't there. We should not be paying 10 pound a gram. I think a fair price for cannabis would be a 3.5, 3.5 grams of cannabis for the same price as a six pack of beer. So you're, you're thinking that a 3.5, you know, a Henry should be a, basically a tenner. No, no. Six pack of beer in the UK here is uh, like a fiver. Okay. Well, beer's yeah, different, yeah. different prices, different places here. Five for, for Bud Light, maybe, but 10 for probably something a little bit better. Is that like a whole case of Bud Light? Or... No, no. Six pack. Alcohol is, is uh, we have in, in the States what they call sin taxes. So anything that you like to do that is considered maybe bad for you, it's taxed at an extremely mm -hmm. high rate. Mm -hmm. So alcohol no, and, is and taxed like a UK, sin tax. And here in the UK, and for Canada as well, we have these public health systems. So we pay it lots of taxes for things to cover it, you know. And if you're going to smoke, regardless of what you think of it, you know, so putting shit into your lungs in that way is not going to be good for your lung health. So you just pay a little bit of tax on it to, to be like in 20 years, 30 years, when you're hitting 60 years old and you start having health problems, maybe because of smoking, then you've invested some tax money to pay these these potential fees that you could be paying, you know. So yeah. I, I, I agree there should be a little bit of tax on it because the 
you know, pays fees later on and covers everything, but not crazy the way they like for that $15 bag of weed, you were paying $16 tax on it. It's ridiculous, man. Yeah. But I mean, it's crazy though, because the legislation, the legalization was always uh, figured out based upon the illegal price of cannabis, like Marge has been mm. saying for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah. this is what it costs back in the day. Oh, we're going to make a fortune at this. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Huh. Rather than paying the fucking, uh, uh, well, charging a proper price that people yeah. can yeah, be yeah. comfortable paying. Cause if you make it decent weed at a decent fucking price, we're not going to go and buy mediocre weed for 10 bucks still, nope. Nope. you know, right. th- that's just not how it's going to be. If you want people to move away from the legacy market, make the new illicit market and make the new legal market better, simple, simple, more attractive, make it more yeah. convenient, make it better price, make it higher quality and people supply and demand, use. man. Exactly. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, the illicit market will drop their prices and it'll be a constant competition. <laughs> That's just the way it goes, you know? And who wins there? The consumer, right? The consumer always wins yeah, in yeah. situations like that. You know, and then it's a consumer's up. market, isn't it? Because they're fighting off between each other to try and get the lower price and the high quality. And eventually, you know, the best one remains. Whichever one there is, you know, it doesn't matter. So interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a good story, man. But yeah, very, very gaslit. You know, <laughs> try, trying to say it's all our fault. You know, it's not our fucking fault, man. Um, uh, Benny Ben says, can't stop lo- laughing. Everyone on the bus keeps looking at me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Hope you're good, man. Hope you're good. Yeah, that was just funny. I could just sitting there on the bus and all these people looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? (laughs) No, don't sit next to him, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Savage. Uh, Right. So let's do another news story. Monkey, do you want to hit your one next? Sure. Um, Now, this is a long kind of a uh, intertwined story, so I'm not going to go word for word through it. We'll we'll go through it and find find the more important bits of it, though, but Article says, new FDA documents look back on 50 years of cannabis research while previewing future studies on terpenes and edibles. So, for nearly as long as the federal government has classified cannabis as a Schedule I controlled substance, the Food and Drug Administration has been evaluating applications from researchers seeking to develop therapeutic drugs from the plant. In a pair of newly published documents, the agency looks back at more than half a century of investigational cannabis-based drugs and offers its perspective on what the future of the drug development might hold. Now, 50 years ago, that's 1973 would be right now, which would be at the same time that Richard Nixon ordered that report called the Schaefer Report in the United States. It was delivered to him in 1972, and it, re- it was a bipartisan document sent by Congress to him, uh, the panel basically looked at it and recommended that cannabis remain legal. This report was then buried by Nixon Nixon, and the administration started the war on drugs. And so that's the 50 years we're talking about, the 50 years to when the government decided that it was gonna do what the hell it wanted to do and not really care about anything else. So there's my preamble to my feelings on it right there. (laughs) Preach. (laughs) Really. Okay, so we're talking about the drug developments that this might hold. So that includes studying a broader broader range of methods for consuming cannabis, such as edibles, as well as investigating lesser known cannabinoids and other compounds like terpenes. You have to remember that even though cannabis has been around for a long time, it's been schedule one in the States and trying to break down the drug and find individual components that you can study has been almost impossible in this, in this country because of our laws. 
So over the past 50 years, the FDA has evaluated more than 800 investigational new drug applications called INDs involving cannabis and cannabis-derived products. Uh, agency officials said that both said both in a blog post and an article in the journal Exploration of Medicine, uh, that period has seen profound changes in product form factors, cultural views, and legal landscape around cannabis, all of which had been felt at the FDA. What began as a trickle of application soon, uh, after, uh, soon after the passage of Federal Controlled Substance Act in the 1970s has become a deluge in recent years, the author said. As the study states, uh, as more states legalize the drug for medical and adult use, the past decade alone has brought nearly identical numbers of cannabis-related drug applications as the previous 40 years combined. For example, the, uh, and currently the agency is considering more than 150 new drug applications involving cannabis-based drugs and related synthetics. So basically they're saying here that now that we're seeing some legalization in some states, we have four times the applications for new cannabis drugs and new cannabis delivery systems. So they're not just oh. talking about new new medicines being derived from cannabis. They're also starting to study the new ways that we're, we're consuming cannabis, because you have to remember 1970s and previous, it was pretty much smoked and that was it. That's, mm -hmm. that's how you did it. So in the time, the times have changed. FDA has stepped up its guidance for war, for would-be cannabis researchers and drug makers in 19... In 2016, it published a guidance document on botanical drug development, and, in, and early this year, the agency released a separate guidance document outlining the unique considerations around hemp and cannabis. The FDA continues to support robust scientific research needed to develop new drugs from cannabis, agency authors wrote in the Exploration of Medicine article, and is committed to supporting the development of these new drugs through the IND approval process. Uh, new drugs have typically focused on four major clinical areas over the years, the FDA said. The bulk of them, 53%, center on addiction and pain medication, while 19% involve neurology, 14% immunology and inflammation, and 9% are about around psychiatry. Now, this is great because all of these things that they're identifying are things that we know really well that cannabis does affect. If you find the right strains, we find that all people can be helped, helped with pain, uh, all kinds of different things. So product form factors have also changed radically since evaluations of cannabis-based drugs began. Early on in the 1970s, uh, new drugs were mostly uh, uh, revolved around smokable forms of, ca of cannabis, the FDA said. But as more types of products have been developed, fueled in part by state-level legalization, the agency has received, received more drug applications around oral vapor and infused products like baked goods or sweets. Now, why did they separate oral and baked goods? Don't you eat both? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I do, but yeah, exactly. government are different. They do things different. So yeah. It wouldn't I surprise guess... me if they're sticking them up their ass. So. <laughs> well, I think oral, they're probably thinking that's a pill, but good grief, people. I mean, as a kid, I mean, I can remember my mother putting pills from for my brother, like in bananas and bread or mm. anything else, cheese, hide the pill, you know. So what this what's the difference between oral and baked goods? It's all oral, you know. Get over yeah. it, people. In the past 10 years have brought a proliferation of new product uh, types proposed for uh, use in human clinical trials, as well, as well as an increase of applications, the journal article said. Other oral products 
uh, types began to be proposed for clinical trials in the 1990s and 2000s, but inhalation via cigarette remained the primary route of administration study. However, in 2010, the variety of products dramatically expanded in clinical trials to include a wider array of oral products and other, uh, other routes of administration, ROAs. Broadly, the product types proposed for use include baked goods, botanical extracts, capsules, tablets, oils, purified or semi-purified extracts, sweets, tinctures, and vaporized products. Sounds like I just went to the dispensary. That sounds like everything they have in there. Um, <laughs> the shift in the form factors, FDA notes, is largely a result of cannabis consumers themselves. The emergence of interest in studying these various routes of, of administration under clinical trials is likely due to the changes in cannabis consumers in the United States, authors wrote. In recent years, consumers have transitioned from exclusively smoking dried cannabis flowers to consuming other non-flower forms of, such as edibles. Hmm, non-flower forms. These people don't know cannabis because everything you consume that's got the medicine in it comes from the flowers. They don't know that. Amid the changes, <laughs> FDA authors said that the challenge remains around developing cannabis-related drugs for clinical trials, especially around safety and the unknown qualities of the lesser-known chemicals. Now, this is where I was worried about the FDA coming in here and talking about, we don't know enough about the lesser stuff of the, of the herb. It's crazy. These research challenges include, but are not limited to, absent and or inadequate quality of manufacturing information, unknown safety profiles and unknown risk benefits for emerging compounds such as HHC, THCO, THCP, Delta-8, Delta-9, all these things like that, all these manufactured compounds. They're now actually thinking like, maybe we don't look at these. Nevertheless, the authors note that the broad, a broadening of the form factors being studied correlates with the drug's approval uh, of Sindos and Epidiolex, both, both are oral formulations of a approved form of drugs from the FDA. This expansion also tracks with the increased availability of products at the state level marketplace, along with passage of the Agricultural Improvement Acts or the Farm Bill in December, 2018. An FDA uh, blog post about the past 50 years of evaluating cannabis-based drugs Authors say they expect there will be new increased interest in clinical research to study the new uh, cannabis and cannabis-related derived products. Uh, in addition to the new product form factors, they also expect the use of newly identified or less common cannabinoids, as well as other components of the cannabis plant, such as terpenes. Now, you guys have to, this is amazing. You know, stuff has been around forever, and they haven't even looked at, uh, they, they just recently looked at uh, CBD and made it okay. Mm -hmm. They haven't looked at THCO. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, THCV. They haven't looked at you know, all these other things like this. It's so crazy. They, they're just wanting to start looking at this stuff. Maybe they ought to look into the private sector that already has this information. It's crazy that they, they they're they're going to stall us like that. Terpenes now. Come yeah. on, terpenes. It's the same damn terpenes. Look, lemonine is the same whether it comes from lemons or cannabis. Pining, mm -hmm. same thing. It comes from pine trees or cannabis. So I don't know what they're worried about the terpene stuff here. Yeah, sounds like le legal jargon from, from the government. That's mm -hmm. unlike them. Really? <laughs> <laughs> just to complicate a few things here and again? Yeah, you know, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's shocking to yeah. see the USA still going through this, man. When, uh, you know, nearly... 
We discussed this the, the other day. Who was that with? Uh, one of the interviews that we did. Uh, but nearly 50% of the states have legalized for adult use now, not even for medical, for adult use. Yes. Recreational use. So you're on 40, uh, um, half of that, 24, right? Yeah, 24, 24 states. Right now. One more state yeah. than maybe at 50, which is half, half the country. But, you know, we have more than 50% mm-hmm. of the population of the country yeah. because, of the, because of where our, our uh, major population centers are in legal states. But we have more than 50% of the population has access to recreational cannabis today. And still, you know, and still, you're still going through this madness with the, with the feds, man. It's, uh, it's crazy shit. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, in part of it, you know, they're just, the article continues going there. We'll just, we'll scan it pretty quickly going through it because we are starting to get a little bit long on this one here. But yeah, they, they talk a little bit about here, like, you know, the U.S., we've only had one approved manufacturing facility for any cannabis that could be grown in the United States legally and could be researched under federal regulations. And that was the University of Mississippi. And we've heard from people who have actually used that cannabis that it was low quality, uh, moldy, not even usable at some points like that. So the government has finally decided to try and expand their, their sourcing of cannabis. And they are allowing now two commercial growers to grow cannabis for the government so it can be tested. But they're, you know, I don't understand why they just don't, they're worried about how, how is this going to affect the general public? Well, the general public's going to be going to dispensaries probably and getting their cannabis. So why don't you just go get some from the dispensary and test that? Cause that would give you the best yeah. idea of what you got. Yeah. And it's already but, in place. But now you're talking sense monkey. But that's the problem. Eh? That's not what the government does. Not the government. The government doesn't do this. No. But, you know, these are all the little problems that they're pointing out here. It's like, well, we've got these chemicals out here, and I guess we should start uh, testing them. You know, you should have been testing these chemicals as soon as they came on the market. That's uh, So now they're sitting there, and the whole article talks about, yeah, in 50 years, we didn't get a whole lot done. And now, 10 years, 10 years ago, everything started happening. Now we don't know what to do. But, and in 50 uh, <laughs> years' time, people will be looking back and being like, I can't believe this was illegal for 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. look at all of these different things it can do. And they didn't yeah. let us have it. The fuckers. And the scary part about the article to me was <laughs> because it's it's written from, from the perspective of a drug agency. And so they keep talking about uh, the different components in the cannabis. It, it, it makes it sound like the only thing they want to do is literally rip this plant apart and take only the pieces that they want. And mm-hmm. the cannabis community has been saying all along that the beauty of this plant is, is its wholeness. It, mm-hmm. it, it works best when it's left intact. So, mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, if the government's trying to make medicine out of it, quote unquote, medicine out of it, I don't think that they're going to leave it intact. I think that they will be trying to rip this plant apart. Yeah, don't they like need to make the money for their, for their investors, man. Uh, their campaign contributors. Which they are keep, probably pharmaceutical companies. That's like they keep it? using buzzwords like for, formulation, repeatability, you know, the kind of things like that. So yeah, when, when you start doing that, I mean, every every grower knows I could I could have this a, a cut off the same exact plant and grow it two different times, and I could end up with a slightly different product. It's just the way it is because it's a natural product. The temperature is different, fertilization is different. Things happen a little bit differently. But does that make it bad medicine? And in my opinion, the answer is no. But it's not going to be to a government spec of being a hundred percent repeatable and exactly the same every time. So I believe it's not a drug at that point. 
it's a dietary supplement or a food mm. or call it what you want. And it doesn't need to be regulated because it's only a drug when you rip it to pieces like this and only take the little pieces out of it. Yeah. You know, hmm. crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about, take a look at cocaine, easy example on cocaine. You can take the coca leaves and you can chew them and you get a buzz or you can mm. refine the shit out of it and get, you get high as fuck off of it after you modify it and, and only take the one piece out of it like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it, you can completely change a natural medicine into a super powerful medicine that way. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. crazy. I don't know. Yeah. It's Government don't know what the fuck they're doing, man. No, no. They just take tax money. And sometimes you got to sit there and think like, what are we actually getting for this? Why are you taking so much of the money? Well, oh man, <laughs> don't get me started. Cause I went on a rant like about I'm one of the Patreon sessions the other day and it went about rant. Uh, I went on a rant about taxes in the UK. It's it's just getting so expensive and you're getting very little in return. You know, mm-hmm. if dwindling NHS to a point of failure and people waiting months for NHS fucking appointments and you mm-hmm. know, police service fat is just breaking down, doesn't have the resources to do simple things. You know, the whole fucking country. I'm not getting into it. All right. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. I'm going to, I'm going to quickly cover this news article here. Uh, well, we got this... one thing One thing here. So I made the comment about the repeatability of the cannabis plant. Twisted made a comment in the chat. Mm. He said, don't worry, Monsanto will fix that. And that's it. Yes. That's a, yes. That is a scary, scary thought. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, they'll be suing you because your plant got pollinated. It's like, it's that. Is that Nakatomi cross Monsanto? That's right. We want ninety percent of the profits. One of those genes in there is a Monsanto gene. We want mm. that plant. Oh yeah. man, no way! God damn, man! Let's never allow it to get there, everybody. You know? Nope. But uh, yeah, this uh, this article here—it's only a short one because they're like, you have to pay money and be a subscriber to read this whole article. And it's like, fine, I'll just read the, the title and discuss it. <laughs> I don't fucking care. I'm going to read all of this anyway. Right, this is from the uh, the Belfast Telegraph, which is an Irish uh, newspaper. And I just wanted to bring it up because, you know, it's bullshit. And it says, uh, Cannabis Courier sentenced to over four years in jail. So the, the Cannabis Courier, somebody who's just driving around cannabis, he was probably the dealer, you know, and he's got four years in jail, you know. Four years just for weed? You know, and it says... Uh, <laughs> The taxi man turned to drugs business after losing money during the coronavirus pandemic. Smoke, everybody. Smoke, Smoke everybody. So this guy uh, was used to be a taxi driver, but when everybody got locked down, <laughs> nobody needed to taxi anywhere, didn't they? You know, so this guy was losing out of money. So he obviously started just uh, selling cannabis or just shipping it from person to person. I suppose taxi drivers were less likely to get pulled over during the pandemic. You know, weren't just somebody driving, it was a taxi. So you could probably drive around with weed and stand less chance of being pulled over. You know what I mean? So it might have been a, a good business move for this guy at the time. Uh, just uh, I could read like the top paragraph of this article and then it, it doesn't <laughs> let me read anymore. So I'll squeeze that in there as well, everybody. Uh, a taxi driver convicted over a, a taxi driver convicted over a £500,000 cannabis rackets has been sentenced to almost five years in jail. Now, I wanted to bring this uh, here because realistically, what's this guy doing wrong? (laughs) 
really is not anybody. He's not forcing cannabis on anybody. And why is this man not allowed to make half a million in cannabis racket when we have these companies now in the UK that can make how many millions do you think are being made by these pharmaceutical companies selling this finger quotation marks, legal cannabis to prescribed medical patients. You know, how much money has been spent with some 30,000 people right now in the UK who are legal cannabis patients and they pay like a hundred pound a piece for their first consultation and, and the cannabis you get. So that's 30,000 times a hundred. That's 3 million, right? That's mm-hmm. six times more than this guy. Why are they allowed to do it? And this guy isn't allowed to do it. Now, why couldn't this guy turn his cannabis courier business into a legitimate business and be a tax paying company? Why was that not allowed to happen? Don't you think that would have been better for society? Instead, this guy gets locked away. Anybody who was buying cannabis from him still goes out and buys cannabis somewhere else. But this guy's locked away and has become an expense to taxpayers rather than being contributing into the taxpayer system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's just for your safety, Mackie. That's what it is. You know, you're oh, safe. Fucking, of course. <laughs> How could I be so blind? You know, <laughs> They're on our side to keep us safe. Of course. Yeah. I just think it's disgusting. You know, they're just allowing their friends to get a big piece of the pie and they won't let anybody else get involved. And it's disgusting. Nope. This isn't capitalism, everybody. I know that they bullshit us over here and be like, oh, we live in a capitalistic society and blah, blah. blah. It's not fucking capitalistic. They try and make it look that way, but it isn't. It isn't. This is some crony capitalism bullshit, man, where they just give the jobs to their friends and make sure that everybody else stays down. And when we look like the economy is doing really well or something, they'll raise taxes on us so we don't get as much money to spend. Jesus. It's fuckery. It's fuckery. There's many tears to society now. And it just pisses me off because I think I'm on the bottom one, you know? <laughs> yeah, <give me> <laughs> you know? It wouldn't be so bad if it was up there, you know, in the yachts and shit. That would be cool. Right. Yeah, but it's fuckery. And it's time the government opened up so more businesses can get involved and become taxpaying fucking businesses in this country rather than sending people to jail so there are birds on a taxpayer instead. So I just wanted to bring that one up. But we have one from Australia. Marcia, do you, do you want to have a quick run through this article from Australia? Yeah, sure. This is legalizing cannabis. We'll, oh wait. we'll send wrong signal to Australian public, peak medical body says. Yes. Again, thank it, you for, for saving us. Yes, yeah, ignorant medical, medical body, maybe, but yeah. Uh, the peak medical body in Australia says it does not support the Greens bill to legalize cannabis because of the health harms the drug poses, despite other health experts supporting the public health benefits of a regulatory regime. The Australian Medical Association has released its submission to the Senate inquiry into legalizing the legalizing cannabis bill introduced by the Green Senator David Shoebridge in August. What's that Can- guy again? Yeah, that guy. David? Yeah, we spoke about Shoebridge before because it was like, you know, when people get their names, they usually get it from an old profession, which their family used to do. So, you know, one of his family members 300 years ago built bridges out of shoes or something. <laughs> Either well, that maybe, or maybe yeah. foot bridges. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that could be foot bridges. Or it was a marriage <laughs> of a shoemaker and a bridge maker. Yeah, let us know in the chat. What do you think <laughs> this guy did? This guy's family did, at least, you know? Uh-huh. Senator Shoebridge. 
cannabis Sorry, is legal. <laughs> That's okay. Cannabis is legal for therape- therapeutic purposes in Australia with health professionals allowed to prescribe cannabis products on a case-by-case basis, but Shoebridge's bill would legalize cannabis for recreational use, use among adults and regulate the growing and selling and manufacturing of the drug. Cannabis remains the most widely used illegal drug in Australia, with more than 1 in 10 Australians, 11.6%, reporting having used it within the last year, according to the most recent National Drug Strategy Household Survey, which was conducted in 2019. And we all know that that's probably a higher number than that because... I was just thinking that. Because (laughs) people, people are not going to willingly admit that they're using an illegal drug in Australia. But there you go. 11.6% of the population was brave enough to say that they did. The president of the AMA, uh, Prof. Prof. Steve Robson, said legalizing cannabis for recreational purposes sends the wrong signal to the public, and especially to young Australians, that cannabis use is not harmful. The submission highlighted the poor mental health outcomes for, from cannabis use, including anxiety, panic attacks, paranoia, memory loss, and an increase. Yeah, I wonder where that comes from. You know, I, w- I wonder why cannabis users feel anxiety. I wonder why cannabis users will have panic attacks or paranoia. I wonder why that is. You know, it's like wow. if, they th- if it wasn't illegal, do you think we'd suffer with these things? <laughs> Would I have anxiety right. if I wasn't worried about a police officer coming to arrest no. me for it? Or would I have a Take panic a few attack hits every time? and be like, Oh shit! Exactly. Is, is that every that time I hear car? a siren, do I have a panic attack? Of course I do. Jesus. Yeah, paranoia. <laughs> Am I going to be arrested? Does somebody smell this? My God! Yeah, you know? fucking. It goes on to say uh, physical ill health conditions such as bronchitis or cancer, cardiovascular system damage, and impaired reaction time and brain function. The submission pointed to mixed findings from Canada, the Netherlands, and some jurisdictions in the U.S. which have legalized cannabis for recreational use. It said there was not sufficient evidence that the of the health and social costs and benefit to legalize recreational cannabis in Australia. The AMA said it was concerned that cannabis cafes proposed in the bill could normalize cannabis use and the lack of restriction on locations where the drug could be sold could lead to retailers to tar- target vulnerable groups. Citing Guardians, uh, Guardian Australia's reporting of vape stores opening close to schools, the submission stated, "We cannot make the same mistake with cannabis products." Thank Think you, government. Children. Thank you, thank you, government. Keep us safe. Keep us so safe. Thank you, government. Yes, I know everybody, they're always. Everybody, repeat now. Come on, thank you, government. Everybody, type it in the <laughs> chat. Thank you, government, and then YouTube will be like, "Oh, we should promote these guys a little bit more." Right. (laughs) The AMA said it recognized the current approach to cannabis regulation could be improved with criminal penalties for personal cannabis, personal cannabis, adding to the potential health risks cannabis users were exposed to. The submission instead proposed that civil penalties should replace uh, criminal ones so that when cannabis users come into contact with the police or courts, the opportunity should be taken to divert those users to preventative educational or therapeutic options. The public health research organization, the Pennington Institute submission, strongly endorsed a legal regulated cannabis regime, which said it was superior to the current prohibition regime. Cannabis prohibition doesn't work. It fails to control supply, leaves the market in the hands of criminals, and costs billions of dollars in enforcement, all while hindering a public health-led approach to managing health harms that are associated with problematic cannabis use. Uh, Professor Matt Large, a conjoint professor in psychiatry at the University of New South Wales, said the status quo in Australia was the worst of all possible worlds. 
The medicalization of cannabis gives it a therapeutic halo, but the lack of regulation means no package of cannabis carries any health warnings. Whether cannabis is safe or not is seen through the prism of whether it's legal or not. But those are two different things, Large said. He believes the debate around cannabis is distorted by the question of legality, when in fact a legal cannabis regime could bring greater public awareness about the dangers of cannabis through measures like public health campaigns and warning labels. The peak body for general practitioners, the Royal Australian College of GPs, used their submission to emphasize the need to seriously consider the potential impacts of the bill on public health. The submission authored by the RACGP, President Nicole Higgins, said there is strong evidence that recreational cannabis is harmful, particularly to susceptible groups such as people with mental health disorders, young people, and the unborn child. If the bill became law, it would be essential to run a comprehensive public awareness campaign about the potential harms of cannabis. Well, maybe that's what they should do then. Just legalize it and then have comprehensive public health campaigns that, you know, allows people to understand what's happening when they smoke. Education yeah. is the best way to solve these problems, man. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure people have the knowledge because, you know, not saying that cannabis is completely harmless. It's going right. to have some effects in some way. And a proper legalized and regulated approach is the best way to go about things, you know, but we just need to stop this stupidness, the ignorance and the stigma that goes with it. I mean, there's all kinds of public health awareness campaigns about the use of alcohol mm -hmm. in society. And nobody's just like, you better not use alcohol. What's yeah, the man. difference? So all about safety of the consumer. That's the most important thing. And the only way you can make it safe for the consumer is to make sure that it's properly regulated, you know? And that's yeah, not going to happen while like, it's illegal. It's like this that. one person says, cannabis prohibition doesn't work. It fails to control supply. It leaves the market in the hands of criminals and costs mm -hmm. billions of dollars of enforcement. Yeah. And it doesn't guarantee so, a safe product in the marketplace either. You don't, yeah. really don't know what you're getting from these people. It could be right. anything. Yeah, man. And a lot of people don't know about that whole CBD thing as well. You know, the CBD and the way it reacts with some medicines, some liver medicines. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know... Somebody just might go and get CBD cannabis, think about they can use it for medicine, and they are on those pills. I'm not sure what the pills are. I can't remember exactly. There are several of them. Uh, statins yeah. are one of them, things like that. Right. I mean, yeah, CBD does affect one, a lot of them. Yeah, okay. I read one time that if you're taking any kind of medita medication where they say you shouldn't drink grapefruits juice yes. or eat grapefruits, mm, yeah, yeah. then that was highly likely to uh -huh. not combine well with CBD. But that's obviously yeah. a conversation with your doctor, which you're mm -hmm. more likely to have if cannabis is legal because you're not going to be worried about the stigma or exactly. Even, yeah. you know, doctors aren't supposed to say anything, but still. Yeah, but I would still, I mean, I, I've gone on record and said it before and I'll tell people I've already done this. But yes, even if you are in a prohibition state, have enough uh, a sense to at least tell your doctor that you're using cannabis on a regular basis for, for the exact reason that we're talking about here. Uh, mm -hmm. The doctors in the United States are not allowed to discuss your medical records without your permission. This is between you and your doctor only. And if he tells the police on you, guess what? He's going to get to lose his license because you can sue his ass. But yep. he, they need to know this because it's your health that, that they're dealing with. So don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. yeah what's Discuss the worst that's going to happen is he'll yeah. look at you from over top of his glasses with some condescending look and you can just ignore it anyway. <laughs> well what happened with me is since my doctor is not familiar with cannabis i don't get the phone calls anymore for oh you need to come in for a checkup this that and the other because they, they feel like they don't know what's going on oh really and that, that's because they know you're smoking wonderful. weed so you're not ill often really <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> right.
I don't go to the doctor for every little time I get a sore throat. You know, don't happen. Yes. So uh, let's move on to the forum news. That's all the news articles we had there. So, uh, yeah, from all over the world. I think we did them all there, didn't we? Sweet. Yeah, just a couple of forum news articles. The the new giveaway that we're going to be doing over the next few days, well, it will be starting over the next few days for the vape from Arisa, right, Monkey? You know yes. the info there? Uh, I'm here. Uh, we haven't haven't decided on what we're going to do with it, though. Have yeah, we? but what's the vape? It's the desktop uh, one? The... Uh, oh, it's, it's the Riser Ex Extreme Q desktop vape. Nice. That'd be a great price to win. It's a great price. It is, it is yeah. a great price, yeah. I've and, got the uh, XQ2 on my desk, and I love mine. It's not the not the, uh, the Extreme Q. I have the XQ2, but yeah, very similar device. Definitely going to love it if you want it, for sure. Sweet. And we have, because Passage Growing is going to be five years old tomorrow, we've uh, done some promotions, which we haven't done for a while over at the forum. So quickly, shout out to these folk who have been promoted from known users up to respected user. That means you are brown now. So congratulations. We have uh, Firetop, who's been with the forum for over three years now. Congrats, man. Uh, Hashimoto, because, you know, that gesture of uh, giving Billy the light you want was... Uh, a very respectable move. We, you know, there's many reasons why people become respected users. We also have Grow Dad. He has recently been bumped up as well. We've uh, and we've already promoted everybody, so it's already done on the forum now. So you have those new sections available to you. Uh, mm -hmm. We also have Backblast and SG2. So congratulations to all of those folk there who have moved up from the orange group up into the brown group. That's very cool. And thanks for everything you do over at the forum. You know, these people here, they've been at the forum for a long time and become foundations of the site. So thanks That's for being it. here. Thanks for sticking with us for so long, man. It's good to have you. That's what our respected users are. Those are people over there who have been there a while or they're on a regular basis and help each other. And that's when we move you to respected. Indeed. Indeed. And we also have some known users to promote as well. That's uh, when you sign up, you're just a forum member. And then when you've been around for a while, and, you know, people recognize you around the forum. You know, you get known around the forum. You get promoted to a known user. So uh, the following people have been bumped up to known user. We have Mr. Budster, Mitsos, Dr. Evil, Silasin, Dank Dixie, Poster Boy, Sincerely Pineapple, Lucent, Type 1 Grower, SNG Grows, and Butters. So congratulations to those guys. You'll see as a known user, there's going to be some new forum sections available to your little secret rooms that get unlocked as you get promoted throughout the forum. So have a look at the bottom of the forum and check out the uh, the new sections. And don't forget to say hi in the known users section and stuff. There's a thread there for you to say hi. But yes, welcome to the Orange Crew. So congratulations we'll, to all those folk. Sorry, we'll cut a, go ahead and cut off the, uh, the, the speculation right here. We need to go look at the site if you have a tag under, under your name and it says something like uh, forum regular and you're supposed to be a known user or something like that. Don't worry about it. It's only thing you got to worry about is the color that your name is printed in. Everything else is just just doesn't make any difference yeah. at all. Yeah, that that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. it gets complex. The ranking systems. The ranking system <laughs> first goes by the color that your name is in, and the, you know that that what's that's what we're talking about: the orange, the brown, the green, you know, all that stuff. Uh -huh. And Marge is the only purple one. <laughs> Telling you, it's, purple is a panel member. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> myself monkey and bubblehawk are moderate so we're blue so it's just uh march is the only purple a little bit of forum trivia there for you everybody <laughs> fun fact
And there we go, everybody. That was this week's cannabis news and events. And just like every other week, if you see any news articles throughout the week that you want us to report on next week's show, then do feel free to get in touch. Also, we started the competition for the vaporizer over at Percy's and it's a pangolin hunt. You have to search the forum for a picture of the pangolin. So if you want to get involved in that, make sure you head over to percysgrowroom.com and check it out. But as usual, thank you for being here. Thank you for downloading the show. Thank you for listening. Please do share the show if you can. It is a great way to help the show grow. It's just by sharing it with one person, if that's possible. But of course, no pressure. We just appreciate you being here. So thanks again for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll catch you on the next one, which is an interview on Wednesday. Stay high, stay safe, and we'll see you then. Goodbye.